On today's episode, we discuss Albert Pujols, the new member of the 700 Club, Ime Udoka and ESPN just can't win, and we recap all that we could see for NFL Sunday, Week 3. This and much, much more, it's time to sideline the agenda. And welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris, and welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinion unapologetically, nothing is out of bounds, and every subject is fair game. Well, coming up, NFL Week 3, Boston Celtics suspend head coach Udoka, sparks drama at ESPN, and the Dodgers can't resist the Pujol 700 assist. But first, we'd like to invite you to just join our podcast on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Gentlemen, how is everybody doing today? I know that we're all kind of battling sickness here still, but it's good to see that Kevin has returned back off IRR. The yeah, I am alive. <laughs> I am here. Uh, I feel like I was put on a different planet. Yeah, no, I hear you. We've all, uh, like I said, all three of us has just kind of yeah. spread uh, uh, through the ranks here at Sideline. by the bug. That's right. Being sick, but being COVID negative. I know. It's yep. a beautiful Who thing. Knew? <laughs> Who knew it was possible? <laughs> As we were discussing last week, it's just that there is no other sickness apparently than COVID-19. And then when you don't have COVID and yet you have symptoms that are similar to COVID, people lose their minds. They don't even know what to do with themselves. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot going on. A lot of going on in sports this weekend. Did you guys see by chance that uh, protester um, who set his arm aflame? before Roger Federer's uh, last tennis match. <laughs> I didn't catch he, that one. He no. ran out on the court, sat near to the net, um, and he was a climate activist, of course. He had a uh, uh, yeah. he had a shirt that said, uh, end UK private jets. <laughs> and then he uh, proceeded to uh, set his arm ablaze. I, I believe accidentally, based off of the... Uh, the look of shock and utter horror on his face, and and uh, then him, uh, you know, systematically trying to swat the flame away. Um, but then he just sat there and 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 uh, continued to sit there until he was literally dragged off the uh, the court like a like like a hungry cranky toddler. <laughs> Real geniuses these climate protesters are. He's protesting emissions, and his way to protest it is to set a fire and have some more emissions out there. <laughs> right. But it is a cause though I could probably get behind in regards to exposing the 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 uh, uh, hypocrisy among the uh, global elite in which they tell you to and restrict your jets. yeah exactly yeah. your energy consumption. You you cut back but uh, we're still going to to fly our uh, uh, private jets around the world, you know. Um Yeah, so. well it's like the same thing with their 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 gas vehicles. Oh, you should just go out and get an electric. Oh, yeah, because we all got the money to just go out and buy an electric vehicle. Like what do you, you mean? Do. It's only $60,000 <laughs> for a car, you know, a base yeah. rate. <laughs> I was a good old saying, <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> I, I saw a guy post on a line. It was a uh, bill for his um, for service for his Chevy Volt in which he needed a new a battery for his Chevy yeah. Volt, and it was Might something well like thirty five thousand yep. dollars was his was the bill. And it's like yeah, I got to buy a new car, you know. This is all the stuff that they don't tell you, right? Not to oh, mention yeah. the fact that it's like you know, I'm sorry, these things aren't powered by unicorns and Smurf farts. It's coming right. from your local 
uh, energy uh, uh, plant. And if it's a natural gas plant, it's a natural gas car, baby. If it's a petrol yep. plant, it's a petrol car. You know, like it just, it's not magic from here to there. It just, if anything, it, it elongates the, the efficiency of the electricity itself, right? Because it has to come from the power plant to hop around a grid if it's not being uh, uh, used right uh, in that immediate moment and also travel through the line to your home in which there's fall off rate. It could be anywhere up to 50%. And then yep. when it gets to your home, then that goes into your car opposed to your petrol engine, which is, oh, guess what? In essence, an energy plant within your car itself, and it uses all of the energy right there, right then, in that moment. Yeah, well, most all these people that buy into all this stuff is they can't think past, you know, whatever the slogan is. They just, oh, the, yeah, well, the, the slogan it, it makes me feel good, so yeah, let me go along with it. They they will never actually look into it and and do any research and see that oh, the, actually producing a battery. Uh, causes way more harm to the environment than uh, you know what we've been using with just normal gas vehicles. But you know that's that's that side of the aisle. They don't actually do much much research. They're they're not very knowledgeable on a lot of these things. So it's a huge problem in this country. But you know we can go on forever with this. <laughs> now, I also just saw a, vi a video of massive lines for all these Teslas to try and charge their vehicles because it takes a long time to charge that vehicle. So there's only so many charge stations. And you're gonna have a massive line, and they gotta wait for hours just to charge your vehicle. So that, yeah, that's another issue. Up off that 395 towards Mammoth in the Sierras, where all the uh, uppity elites like to go and take their electric vehicles with their, you know, uh, 12 to 20 Tesla charge stations. But it's a problem when there's about 80 of you, and you're all right. uh, trying to uh, <laughs> fill up, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, speaking of unicorns and Smurf farts, you know, we all like to have, you know, everything buttoned up nicely for us. We, we, we like feel good moments, you know, as a society. And I, I'm suspicious of a, of a feel good moment that was kind of put together in sports last Friday night. And that specifically was for Albert Pujols. And he was able to hit that 700th uh, home run in Dodger Stadium. It, I, I don't know. Was it just me, or did it all feel packaged together rather nicely? We know that uh, Pujols and his family, uh, his children specifically, live in the LA area. Um, there was a pregame speech given to by Albert to the fans. Of course, uh, 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 Pujols was a, a, a member of the Dodgers. He, he joined the Dodgers last May. Um, and so he gave an address to the stands and um, he there was nothing but meat from the mound. You know, he hit not only did he come in, he came in Friday night with 698 career home runs. And that night he happens to get both 699 and 700. Uh, the first uh, uh, home run came from a two strike fastball down the middle from Dodgers left-hander Andrew Heaney and in the third inning, and uh, he lined a 434-foot rocket into the left center field um, for 6.99. And in the fourth, he got a hanging slider from right-hander Phil Bickford and lifted a 389-foot home run to become the fourth member of the hollowed 700 home run club, joining Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth. Uh, as he crossed home plate, he, he, he gave big ups and love to uh, uh, his friend, Adrian Beltre, who was sitting up front in the stands. 
Uh, it was just, it was a wonderful moment. I, I hate to be the, uh, the skeptic here. I hate to be the uh, person who's a little bit cynical because I love Albert Pujols. You're hard pressed to find anybody who doesn't love Albert Pujols. But I don't know, guys. What do you think? Was this uh, was this maybe Dave Roberts? You know, a little wink and nod. Was this the Dodgers themselves? A little wink and nod, helping out their uh, their old friend Albert to get to get to the join that uh, that uh, that that wonderful historic club known as the 700 Club. Well, for those of you that listened. To, I don't know if it was our last episode or the episode before, but I basically predicted this. You did. I said you when they play did. the Dodgers, that they're going to serve them up at least one or two pitches, and that's exactly what they did. In the same yeah, game, it was, it though, almost, it was still a three-game yeah. series, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but it was all yeah. filed into one show, so Well, to speak. you know, because there's no guarantee that even though you serve them up one, that he's going to knock it out. That's so true. they had several chances. Might as well take advantage of every chance you can. If they could do it in the first game, then awesome. Then you don't have to worry about it the rest of the series, and then you can just try and you know win those games because they got blown out that game that he hit those home runs. But uh, yeah, it almost all those things that you mentioned. It almost seemed like it was like a like a production. <laughs> they they had all this set and ready to go, and uh, it was just on Albert to to follow through and and hit those home runs. But definitely congratulations to him. Excellent career. Um, it was definitely poetic that he did it against the Dodgers. They've been rivals for so long. So many playoff matchups. Even when Pujols wasn't there, they they saw several playoff matchups where they knocked each other out. Um, but yeah, it was nice, you know, because he was a member of the Dodgers last year, so he had the camaraderie with a lot of those guys in the in the dugout over there. So yeah, it was nice to see him hit hit 700, become a member of that exclusive club. He deserves it, you know. Like you said, everybody pretty much loves him. He's a class act. Um, but did he really earn those last two? I mean, I, <laughs> well, you can you make that argument for yeah. You still got to hit yeah. the ball. I mean, I remember in the in the home run race uh, when. McGuire hit 62. That guy served that one up right down the middle. So th- that's kind of part of the game. Um, I, I don't think the Dodgers, uh, I th- can't remember if it was when Bonds hit 70 uh, or 71, um, or if it was when he hit 656. It was against the Dodgers, and, and they kind of served him up a couple too. So it, it's kind of part of the, the game once these guys reach that certain level to kind of get them over the hump a little bit. But I think him being a member of the Dodgers last year really uh, really helped them set that up even more. It's a meatball. It's all the meatballs <laughs> we saw in L.A. Dude, the first pitch itself was supposed to be a changeup. I'm talking about the first home run, the 99. Yeah. Um, supposed to be a changeup. It was 86 miles an hour hovering right over the plate. I was I thought he was going to swing at that one. Then I was like, okay. Then he missed, what, low inside. Then came right back with the fastball. Oh, man. Uh, Dave Roberts was definitely giving him a handshake. And obviously, I mean, well-deserved. Um, Pujols has a, a you know, awesome career. It was nice to see Dave Winfield in the stands. And like you said, Scott, see Adrian Belcher there. Um, it, it was just a nice moment, I think, for all baseball fans. We all pretty much can appreciate uh, what Pujols has accomplished. And to do it in L.A., I mean, what better place other than maybe St. Louis? Um, yeah. He's got a couple more games left. Um, so we'll see what he what he ends up with, but I mean, yeah, it was it, it was definitely meatballs in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but totally fitting that he did it in L.A. because, like you said, Kevin, it, it's either St. Louis or L.A. because he spent half his career in St. Louis. The other half, he was out there in the Angels. You know, it almost was 
like people forgot about him for so long but he was out here they, they call it los angeles angels even though it's anaheim orange county but yeah i mean you yeah 50-50 LA and St. Louis, so it was definitely fitting he did it in LA. And, and Pujols himself said that he was quite pleased that it happened out here because of the fact that his his children all live out here, and so they were yeah. all there at the game. Yeah. Um, so just another reason why it just seems packaged so nicely. Uh, and of course, not taking anything away from the man, um, you still have to hit the ball. And uh, when you're this far, you know, down the path, you know, when you're trying to break 700, you've you've hit a bunch of them before. You know, yeah, you've proved say, yourself. He at least right? had to hit 698 other ones before that. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all happy for Albert Pujols for sure. He has the uh, uh, 2,208 career RBIs, which is uh, ranked second of all time, just right behind uh, Hank Aaron's uh, 2,297. Um, and for what it's worth, Ruth unofficially drove in uh, 2,214 runs. Uh, so, uh, yes, very happy wow. for Albert Pujols. Uh, definitely has proven himself in regards to putting the bat on the ball and sending a lot of those balls over the fence uh, into the stands. Balls over the wall. Exactly. And so happy to see him do that in L.A. Okay, let's moving. Let's move on to... Uh, 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 Ime Udoka, head coach of Boston Celtics, has been suspended for the uh, 2022-23 NBA season for inappropriate intimate relationship. Um, this kind of came down the pike last week. The Celtics, as I recall, kind of made a preliminary announcement that they were considering what actions they were going to take. They hadn't made the official ruling of his suspension for the season yet. Um, but that didn't curb uh, Stephen A. Smith, uh, professional race grifter, to jump in and give uh, his two cents. This is what he had to say. Ain't that being done to a brother? Because I got news for you, America. There's plenty of white folks in professional sports that's doing their thing. And I say that not complimentary. I don't see the information out about them. Why are we talking about this now? We got to talk about it because it's the news. Ain't none of our damn business unless you fire him. But if you keep him, it's none of our business. Yeah, it's, it's none of our business. Um, he, he was upset about the fact that, that they had even made this public. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what he's referring to as far as white people potentially getting a different standard of treatment. Uh, it, it, within professional sports, um, you know, because I, I can recall, I mean, just recently a, a, a head coach of the Raiders uh, getting uh, fired for a private email in which he referred to some individual having big lips. Um, right. He might, if, if, unless he's, you know, of course, referring to, say, politicians, uh, mostly Democrat politicians, or even, you know, former presidents of the United States uh, getting some business in the Oval <laughs> Office and still retaining their jobs. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? So, of course, uh, uh, Stephen A. had to come out of the woodwork again and uh, play the race card as, as Stephen A. does. Um, so that's kind of what set the tone during last week. Uh, and then additional information started to come out. Um, Udoka, of course, was uh, cheating on his fiance and actress, uh, Nia Long, with a staffer. Now, the staffer was not announced. They never revealed who this individual was. But then rumors started to start 
leaking out. Apparently, the staffer would book, book travel for both uh, Udoka and um, for for Nia Long. Um, and uh, anyways, the fact of the matter that Boston didn't reveal who the individual was um, that uh, also upset Stephen A. And uh, he had this to say. It said in the numerous news reports, it was a consensual relationship that violated organizational policy. So only he is in violation of the company policy. The woman who elected to have a consensual relationship with him is not in violation. He gets to get mentioned and put on front street. We don't know who she is. What about the other women within the Celtics organization who have been victimized because wrong assumptions have been made by their involvement? If you knew exactly who it was, that would alleviate the concerns of all the other women who have had their names paraded out into the streets. So what started as Stephen A., you know, uh, toting racism um, uh, on Ime Udoka, then he stepped into it and uh, called for th- that the, the that the the woman's identity be revealed. In, in other words, that this this woman uh, be doxed. And uh, you, you, in this modern day and age, you definitely can't do that. So that uh, spurred ESPN's uh, NBA Today host Malika Andrews to respond to Stephen A. Smith, telling him to stop. Stephen A. With all due respect. This is not about pointing the finger. Stop. And out of complete disrespect on Stephen A's part, realizing that he's not quite as high on the social justice totem pole as he used to be, he uh, <laughs> ba- he went back and uh, 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 attempted to put uh, this black female uh, into her place. Excuse me. I listened to you. You're the one telling me to stop on my show. It ain't happening. Okay, that's number one. So we have uh, some uh, drama for your mama when it comes to uh, ESPN. So it should be great to see how that plays out this week because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to predict a Stephen A. apology coming down the pike yeah. sooner than later. He's going to back those comments. I, I probably need to listen more or something like that. But then this just kind of spurred like an all-out virtue signal Olympics. And not to be outdone, former Celtics coach now – President of Basketball Operations, Brad Stevens, had to jump in, and he had to bring in this sentimental, emotional reaction during this press conference. I thought, you know, we have a lot of talented um, women in our organization, and I thought yesterday was really hard on them. (laughs) That's so predictable. uh, I'm going to go cry. You know, nobody can control... Twitter speculations, rampant <laughs> bullshit. But um, I do think that we, as an organization, um, have a responsibility to make sure we're there to support them now. Because um, a lot of people were dragged unfairly into that. Is that Brad Stevens or is that Pete Buttigieg? I can't tell. Dragged unfairly into this? How about this, Boston Celtics? Why didn't you just say that Ime Udoka is being 
suspended for a year for breaking like Boston Celtics protocol and leave it at that. They're the ones that put out the information that this was because of an inappropriate intimate relationship. So what? People aren't going to ask questions. People aren't going to speculate over social media. People aren't going to inquire or come up with theories of who they think this individual is. You already told us as part of the Boston Celtics staff, you already told us that it's a female you all you know what I mean so this is just right. natural human reaction to this and it's like okay, how dare you guys come up with names that are part of our <laughs> Celtics squad I feel so bad for these women even though you're part of this whole uh, 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 issue being brought to the forefront by by putting it out there like how do you guys get to you know create the situation and then turn around and act like man y'all are you guys are mean the way that you're reacting to what we put out there <laughs> it's it's so in- incredibly pathetic <laughs> just seeing these people behave and it's so predictable i mean you could predict that Stephen a smith was going to come out and, and race bait and that the the woman was going to come out and and do her her you know, protect women thing, and that Stevens the the beta white male was going to go out there and just cry or, or something in his <laughs> press conference. It's just so it's, it's incredibly <laughs> pathetic. It's, but nobody wants to come out and just say, "Hey, this guy is wrong. He deserves the punishment that the the Celtics decide to give to him, whether they're fire him or suspend him." And the woman was wrong as well. If they want to deflect and protect they deflect away from the people that are at fault because they're a protected class or or whatever the reason and then they want to protect them so like it's just the opposite of what a functioning society should do the people that are at fault need to get blamed and they need to get punished and set an example to show everyone else that it's not okay and another thing with with yudoka he's got this woman that he's been with for i think it was like 10 years They've got a, a, a child and they've been engaged. And just another reason to show you how much of a piece of crap this guy is. Not only do they have a kid together, they've been engaged for like five years. How are you going to be engaged for that long and not actually just go through and get married? Because, oh, you're traveling around the country as an NBA coach. You know, you can just, you know, get a little something here, get a little something there. It's just, <laughs> it's sad that it's not, it's not uncommon and you really see that in the reaction to a lot of these people and Stephen a just puts it right out there this is something that was in the privacy consensual just totally like brushing it off it's not a big deal this is what happens all the time the guy's in a relationship with the child they got a child together why are you not getting on him for for being a, a cheater and a piece of crap Deflect and protect, deflect and protect. And meanwhile, we got the the owner for the Suns. You know, he got suspended for a year. And that was just for stuff that he was allegedly saying. And not even saying like recently, but over the course of a long time. So this whole crap about, oh, it's because he's black, white America. Let me try and lecture down to you. No, we, we had another guy, Donald Sterling, got his team taken away from him. Yeah, of course, he's an asshole for saying what he said, but... Still, that this whole thing that these white people are get away with murder is just a complete lie. And the other thing I saw on Twitter talking about deflect and protect was you had all these people coming out and say, "What? A, yeah, but what about Brett Favre? Yeah, yeah, but but what about Brett Favre? 
Like, Brett Favre's got nothing to do with this. Brett Favre is a completely different situation. Yeah, he probably did some wrong stuff too, but that doesn't mean that this guy, Udoka, is not deserving of some blame and deserving of all the backlash against him. He deserves it. Quit trying to deflect it and protect him. Exactly, and that's the thing. It is a deflect and protect. I mean, the Brett Favre situation is a completely different situation, and Brett Favre hopefully will get dealt with. But this does not take away from uh, Ime Udoka's actions and and, and right. who he is as a person. And uh, um, from a moral standpoint, you, you need to hold people accountable. You need to better those around you because they uh, they affect you and your space and your franchise and your team, even if it's not something that's directly basketball related. If you are not of uh, a, a sound uh, based individual, you make questionable choices and it's, it's people like that can be toxic, let alone what this does to a workspace environment. Oh, yeah. I mean, you right. want to talk about something that, I mean, we, we don't really truly yet fully know uh, what the actual story is, um, but but what this does to to the front office, what this does to, from a culture standpoint, oh man, if they can do that, well then I can do that. And then, you know, if, if your word is, there's no bond to it and, and, and you can just make it up as you go, well, look at me. I'm going to make it up as I go. And that just takes an entire uh, uh, franchise business uh, relationship uh, team down. And and um, this is hilarious. <laughs> Boston Massacre. This is this is embarrassing. And honestly, guys, I have to admit it. I am loving this. I love this. Boston Celtics, you you deserve all of this. I hope the I hope the head coach gets fired. I hope your team breaks apart. I really do. I hope all this I think this starts the downfall of your dynasty and you have to rebuild all over from scratch all over again. This is great. Honestly, guys, this is this is the best thing that's happened to the Boston Celtics in a long, long time. Um, but as far as Stephen A. Smith, the only thing that I can agree with this gentleman on and it's it's just a, a very minute point at this point is his idea that it's none of our business his personal relationship to be honest i don't really give two shits about is it's none of my business however if you break employment rules if you break rules there should be consequences just like for everyone else for every other job there's certain things that should happen in the workplace and there's certain things that should not happen in the workplace and we can't leave excuses if this dude wants to live the way he wants to live right if you put yourself at jeopardy where you're could be costing your job your career you know then you're dangling with that and you have to live with that as far as your own actions you know, th there's there's really no uh, point to finger left or right or black, blue, brown, whatever color he may be. There's, I mean, we're over this now. This is t 2022. He's still harping on the same thing. Like, the guys, the guys doing the wrong things, and it's becoming a clown show over there. And then, kind of like what Chris says, it, now now you have um, people crying about it, <laughs> and it's becoming comical at this point. It's, it's just. A, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens at ESPN between the uh, Stephen A. Uh, Smith and um, Andrews Malika Andrews uh, feud. But uh, one last tidbit: the alleged affair uh, that Ime Udoka is uh, having is with Kathleen Numo Lynch, who is the wife 
of Celtics vice president Patrick Lynch. Oh, so, oh wow. There you go. And <laughs> he will be suspended for a year and he will not return to Boston. I can guarantee oh, no. you that. So yeah. uh, with that, we got to move on. He should uh, be gone. And, <laughs> and Brad Stevens does look like Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move on to uh, NFL week three. But before we do, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast and giving us a five-star rating. It really helps out. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Okay, moving on to week three. NFL. Uh, A lot of upsets. A lot of teams getting on the win board for the first time. But let's start off with that highly anticipated game between the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins in Miami. The Dolphins surprised the world (laughs) and uh, defeated the Buffalo Bills 21-19. Guys, if you Uh, haven't been listening to this channel, you need to start tuning in because we, I I myself, I read on the Miami bandwagon, they're legit, guys. Miami is Kevin's been on it. They've been on it for sure. First in the division right now, 3-0. and They're looking pretty good. I think I like their little combination. And uh, Tua's looking pretty impressive. Uh, you can't really take anything away from them. They have a good wide receiver core, and their defense is showing up as well, creating the turnovers that are needed. Um, last seconds, I think they got a little help, you know, with wh- whoever dropped the ball not line up. You know, get on the ball, line up, spike the ball, kick the field goal, maybe get the game there, but... Um, maybe the Bills dropped it, but either way, you, you still got to, you know, um, you still got to commend the uh, fighting uh, attempt out of the Miami Dolphins. Well, absolutely. Nice I mean, Josh Allen throwing for 400 yards and two touchdowns and still come away with the win is pretty impressive. Of course, Tua had a had a bit of an with issue. The loss. Um, yeah, exactly. And and Tua had a bit of an issue. He 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 got hurt. I don't remember in what quarter. Um, yes. And apparently there's a bit of a controversy there because um, when he was taken off, he was stumbling off. Now, the way they were saying it was that he had, had hurt his hip, I believe, early in the first quarter and that he had re-aggravated that injury. His his hip was kind of giving him giving out on him um, and uh, what everybody was perceiving as a, a concussion, they were claiming was just a just a hip injury. But apparently the. Uh, the players association is going to launch an investigation into how the Dan, Dol, the dolphins excuse me handled uh Tua's uh, concussion protocol um I, do you think that's going to make a difference chris in regards to uh how the miami looks moving forward yeah for sure if they have to go with a backup they're not going to be the same team i mean bridgewater is he's okay but he's no tua and i've actually been kind of down on tua but he's proven me wrong this year so far He's he's been playing great, but his his one huge knock coming out of college was just being injury prone. You know, talking about his hip, he had uh, some pretty bad injury uh, history with his hip before. So yeah, they tried to say it was like a low back thing, um, but looking like more information is coming out that it was something more with the head. So if they're in violation, they'll probably get you know slapped on the wrist for that. But very impressive win for Miami. Um, Buffalo obviously is going to be a tough out no matter who they play, and they're they're going to continue to be a great team. Uh, but Miami got that big turnover in the first half, you know, close to um, uh, 
scoring it, uh, zone in the red zone. So they were able to to convert and stay in the game, and they got a, a late touchdown. And Buffalo couldn't quite come back and and answer. So Miami, you know, they're they're looking good. Still a lot of season left. Um, and if Tua can stay healthy, you know, they're they're proving that they're going to be a, a tough team to beat, and they'll be right there in the races with Buffalo. And could we be seeing a future matchup in the playoffs of Miami and Kansas City? <laughs> yeah, right. It's 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 possible. Um, I just hope nobody listened to me last week uh, when we were talking about uh, this week three because I feel like every kind of prediction that I made just just <laughs> fell apart. Uh, I knew that the Dolphins would be competitive. I did not guess them to win this game. Um, I suppose I uh, thought that the uh, Cincinnati Bengals would would uh, uh, clearly beat the Jets, which did happen today, yeah. getting them their first-time yeah. W. A lot of first-time Ws this weekend. Of course, the uh, yep. Cincinnati Bengals, the Tennessee Titans finally getting on the board, uh, Carolina Panthers against the New, York, or the New Orleans Saints, um, and unfortunately to uh, Kevin's uh, chagrin, the uh, Indianapolis Colts finally getting a W against the Kansas City Chiefs. Pick one of those ones. Uh, which which guys you want to talk about the Chiefs first? What happened in Indianapolis? Yeah, what a disaster, huh? Actually, it was a great game. Uh, kind of went back and forth, but it just seemed like the, the Chiefs were a little stale. Um, Patrick Mahomes was leading the, the team with the rushing yards. Um, I literally, you know, Edwards Hilaire's, I know that he gets the ball a lot. I know he's a he's a he's a team favored uh, favorite and. I, we're just not seeing the same production out of the gentleman, at least not what has been promised. Uh, and it just it, it just kind of shows. Um, the the running game is, although I, at first uh, the game one, I think that they looked pretty good. But, um, yeah, the, against the Colts, they didn't really do too much on the ground. Um, Kelsey had a couple drop passes. Uh, there are some, you know, it, but it was a, it was a, yeah, any given Sunday, right, any one of these teams can come in. And put up a W, and you know, good for you know, good for Matt Ryan. Um, they were at home. They did get a lot of calls. Uh, that ref, um, you know, towards the end, that that was a big call. That that personal um, that that personal foul against uh, Chris Jones that pretty much turned uh, this game and uh, you know made it more exciting. And obviously, Colts just drive down, score a touchdown, and um, pretty much seal the game with little, very little time left on the clock. Um, I think the chi- the Chiefs have some some quirks to figure out. Uh, I don't think Hardman was the no show. I know he's dealing with the heel injury. Um, you know, uh, Scanling he, he he's here and there. You know, uh, he I think he needs to be used a little bit more. And um, and I know that they like to do the two or even three tight end sets, um, but that to me kind of takes other players off of the field. And uh, I I don't see the really the the whole production out of that. Um, if your run game isn't um, isn't sufficient enough, so great game, um, exciting all the way down to the you know last seconds and just uh, went Colts way. Cornerback Lejarius yeah. Sneed just like body slammed Matt Ryan. Did you see that one off the edge? It was a uh, oh, pretty was great, great to see. And also <laughs> that was a pick, uh, that was a that was a scooped you know that was a touchdown yeah, for sure. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> and of course you you saw Patrick Mahomes and uh, Eric Bieniemy getting into it on the sideline. Um, is there trouble in Kansas City? Yeah, because I think Mahomes wanted to. He he's a he's a competitor. You know, he wants to push himself. He's got obviously arm strength. He can throw the ball, and um, you know, Bianami just opted out for you know a little 
run play towards the end of the the half, and you know Mahomes didn't like that, and he wanted to chase the ball and you know get the offense down the field and see if he can put up some more points. And obviously, at the game like this, maybe Mahomes was feeling something. The enemy didn't, because this was a very close game um, without a field goal. Maybe we could grab every opportunity that we need, and we can't just hand over the ball or run out the clock and. Um, and not be competitive. And I think maybe that was it. And, you know, Andy Reid came over, said something to Mahomes. That kind of quickly died off. And, you know, we'll see what they come out with uh, next week. Yeah, the Chiefs totally lost this game with special teams. I mean, they couldn't kick a field goal. So they, they there was a lot of points on the board that were left off that should have been on there. Um, but I, I agree with you, Kevin. They got to do something with the run game. They're just too predictable. And I don't think their play calling is, is very good to where – These teams are just playing these soft zones and just kind of forcing them to have to trot down the field slowly. And it's just not working. Their their offense, it looked great week one, but since then it's just been kind of uh, here and there. Um, You know, first loss, tough loss. But, I man, that unsportsmanlike conduct call, that was just infuriating. I mean, even though I'm not – I like the Chiefs, but they're not my team – just as a sports fan, that that's just infuriating. The, the, these are grown men, professional athletes. They've both been playing in the league for a long time. It's not like some rookies coming up mouthing off or something. The game was over. Uh, that that was their third down. They got stopped. They were going to have to punt. Fourth down. And, uh, fourth down, you're right. And Jones, you know, he tackled Ryan. And Ryan was mouthing off to him. And they get up and, you know, they're, they're both talking back. That's part of the NFL. These guys are talking all game long. And... Chris Jones said something. Who knows what he said? But the uh, the referee decided that oh, it's going to be unsportsmanlike, so he calls it. As as we know, that ends up costing him the game. And it's just it's something you don't want to see when calls like that decide games, especially when there wasn't anything physical involved. It's not like he hit him late. Sure, throw the flag. It's not like you know he hit him in the face or uh, any kind of contact involved. Just something that was said. It's just that shouldn't be something that the refs are looking for. And I really think that it's been a problem forever and it's always going to be a problem with these referees and some of these game deciding calls, but there's got to be some kind of system of accountability for these referees. Like uh, these guys are way too protected. Coaches can't say anything. Players can't say anything. They get fined. They get suspended. What about these refs? I mean, when you go out there and make egregious calls that cost teams games, like, why are you not going to have to take a game off or, or have a suspension or have to come out and answer for yourself? The protection of the officials is something that I would like to see addressed. These guys should maybe have to do their own post-game interviews afterwards. And, and some of these reporters and uh, uh, media can say, what were you thinking on this call? Hey, what was hmm. said? Hey, what were you thinking on that call? We don't see any of that. Yeah. And it's been an issue for a long time. And the NFL has never, ever tried to address it. And I think that they should. Because you got all these teams invested, fans invested, spending all this money. These guys are out there practicing. You know, they play a tough game. And here in the fourth quarter, a couple minutes left, you have a little unsportsmanlike conduct decide a game just because two men are, are talking back and forth. It's just, come on. Yeah, a lot on the line, too. That's interesting. I mean, it's a slippery slope. Uh, don't need to get into that today, but uh, perhaps a, a conversation for a later date. Um, it's uh, some some good points there, Chris. Some some good ideas. Let's let's move on to uh, real quick AFC North. Just curious, uh, week three, who would you say had the bigger win? Of course, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Cleveland Browns um, Thursday night. 
But uh, the Bengals finally getting on the board with the W, but also the Baltimore Ravens beating the New England Patriots and Lamar Jackson hitting for that five-touchdown count again. Yep. Yep. That's my Jackson. The Ravens. Jackson's looking good. Really? Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice for the Bengals to get their win and kind of start feeling good about themselves, but Jackson is, is playing a hell of a season so far and on the road in New England. New England even had a lead for a little while for him to come in and just finish that game off. That's that's what he should do, and, and that's the MVP-type player that he is. Yeah, Absolutely. Looking good. He's making a good case for that at this point, for sure. Uh, yeah, the the Bengals Detroit got Miami next week. So yeah, that'll be another good yeah. one. For the yeah, that, that's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to that game for sure. That's Thursday night? Yep. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, Detroit Lions uh, seem to be handing the, the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, uh, handling them you know, uh, perfectly fine for the majority of the game, and then end up losing that game. I felt like it's changed the channel, and the next thing I know, you know Minnesota's won the game. Um, you know, uh, I, I only bring it up in the sense that I had a brief moment of like, oh, man, Goff's back! You know, because, of course, uh, <laughs> being a Rams fan myself, uh, Goff always has a little warm space in my heart. I, I always want to see him do well, but... Uh, Actually, uh, not not so much. But um, did you see that uh, uh, that uh, Fly Eagles Fly defense? Uh, wow, put on a, a bit of a front clinic to uh, Carson Wentz. Poor, poor Carson Wentz, who was uh, sacked eight times today. Jeez. Yesterday, excuse me. Yeah, eight Philly times. looks good. <laughs> that's never too good. Yeah, he's got a kind of a tendency to hold the ball, so that's not totally shocking. Jalen Hurts though looks great, guys. You know, yeah. I think the I think the Eagles are looking good. Gosh, I, yeah, I agree. I think the Eagles look great, and they of do. course, uh, I I have them picked to to win their division. But I think that they're going to be a bit of a sleeper in the NFC. Yeah, Devontae yeah. Smith looking good out there, 169 yards. Former Heisman. Yeah, they're 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 pretty solid. Yeah, a team you wouldn't really want to play in the face in the in the playoffs for sure. They're looking good right now. And keeping with the upsets here, we've got uh, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, defeating the um, Los Destroying Angeles Chargers, thirty-eight them. to ten. Exactly. Yeah. Coming up, is this uh, increasing your uh, confidence in Jacksonville or uh, questioning, making you question LA? For me, I'm, I, it's just increasing my confidence in Jacksonville as a team. Yeah, I'd agree. It's that division that we were all kind of like oh we don't really know who to pick <laughs> i mean tennessee looked great today uh but jacksonville and looking the va- good. two great defensive performances in a row and they had the offense to go with it today yeah, yeah las, Ra- las vegas raiders though they just look like crap i mean they're, they're no good i'm sorry i'm off the bandwagon there i was never really on a bandwagon for them but as far as people talking about the strength of the afc west they're not it I was just about to ask you guys, what do you think about the AFC West? Are they an incredibly overrated division? Absolutely. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, they're going to be amazing. It's the best division in the league. I'm not so sure. (laughs) Massively overrated in my opinion. Though, I I will say, well, it depends on how you define overrated because I would disagree with that myself, you know, because I still hold steadfast and true to my original pick of having uh, the Chiefs win their division and potentially still the Chargers and even the Broncos being wild card. I know that's a stretch considering that the other teams that are at play in the AFC. So I guess maybe they aren't overrated as much as I am uh, professing in this moment, but uh, definitely the Las Vegas Raiders are. 
I agree with that. I think the Chargers will still make some noise. They'll they'll figure it out. Um, Herbert's still putting up pretty good numbers. Um, you know, it's just James Robinson out of the backfield. He putting up a hundred yards. I think that might be a sleeper. Jaguars their run game that might be a sleeper. But are they getting exposed? Is that front four getting exposed? That big hyped Khalil Mack and uh, uh, yeah, Joey Bosa, Bosa was hurt most of the game. And and, 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 and you got early, a Herbert so. who's banged up. Yeah, even, I mean with that rib situation yeah. that had they to play a factor. It. They did not have it today. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I I think that there's they're 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 don't write the Chargers off just yet. I think they're going to be just fine. And of course, our Rams squeaking by the Phoenix Cardinals, a game that they should have just dominated, uh, seem to uh, have the illusion to come down to the last minute almost. Um, not a big fan of seeing that. I just want I just want the L.A. Rams to have that ability to dominate and just put a game away. Uh, they should have been up twenty-one nothing at the end of the first half, um, and yep. I believe it was what ten nothing. Um, just a lot of you know mental mistakes, uh, and, and again their defense just seemingly lining up you know thirty yards their CBs you know thirty yards away from <laughs> <laughs> the opposing team uh, just opens up those quick outs and and ins and and I just don't I don't understand it I don't I don't know why that hasn't been adjusted yet. It's a pretty bizarre defense that they play, and even Mark Sanchez was was like literally scribbling on the screen, drawing those circles and those big gaps between the receivers and the cornerbacks. Like he did it several times. So I mean, I guess give them a little credit. They bend and they bend and they bend and they didn't break. They didn't allow a touchdown. So I mean, maybe that's their strategy. Uh, I don't think it's a it's a winning strategy when you're going against great teams with great quarterbacks. Receivers, you know, Arizona dropped a potential touchdown. Uh, Rams, you know, he had Cup of all people drop a touchdown that one over his shoulder he should have caught. But uh, yeah, Rams, they just kind of like they just did enough to win today. They didn't really look great uh, defensively or offensively. They just looked, you know, solid enough. Right. To I mean, I guess you take the win at this point in the season and and just move and on move to the on. next week. <laughs> And it was, uh, you know, Acres with a goal line fumble. You know, we've seen that story before. So that would have gave them another touchdown and really opened the game up. Um, but when it was, uh, what was it, 13 to 9, I think it was, um, Arizona cl- was closing the gap. And uh, LA did go on a big drive. Uh, credit Stafford on that third down when he avoided the sack and converted a cut for the first down. That was a huge play. Uh, but they went down on the drive, and they they did get the touchdown. So that that was nice. That's true. Um, that that was. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those games where like you didn't look your best on both sides, but you did enough to win. And on the road, so you'll, you'll just take it. Yeah, Stafford did look great. Um, looked like he was kind of kind of back, especially yeah. From the on previous on that one, he did have a couple yeah. throws that were like, "What are you doing?" And when he like overthrew them by seven yards, uh, cup and another one to Atwell. Uh, so at least you know his arm strength is looking good. But yeah, a little t- little couple timing things here and there. Robinson also dropped that slant for the touchdown early on. So you're right, Scott. They should have been up twenty-one nothing. So it's just little things. It seems like they're getting a little bit better here and there. And as the season goes on, hopefully they'll they'll 
be looking at a really good offensively. I thought they looked pretty good. Um, I think when the Rams get away from their playmakers, they let the opponent get back in the game. The opponent starts to creep back in. I Kyler Murray had a pretty wonderful game. I think 304 yards, something like that. But when they went away from you know Allen Robinson, you know he's only had two grabs for the for the day. You know Cooper Cup only had four. You know and you know, Higby's seems to be one of their um, pretty consistent playmakers. You know week in week out. But uh, when they go away from these guys, that's when they let these other guys get back in the game. And then we can kind of scratch our heads sometimes. We're like, wait, what? why are we calling this on – What are you know? why are we doing this on this third down? And, you know, they just need to remind themselves, let's go. Let's keep our playmakers in the game pretty consistently. And I think they will start uh, – like what you said, Scott, I think they'll start shutting their opponents down. Yeah, and also with the defense that they were playing, they were letting Arizona go on these really long drives that were eating up so much clock that when your offense is out there, like you you can't even get those big numbers. You can't get Cup with 9, 10 catches. There's or, or Robinson with another 7, 8 catches. There's just there's just not enough snaps in the game when your defense is playing that soft shell and letting this team just 5 yard, 5 yard, 5 yard, 5 yard. I mean, he could have done that all day. Uh, but, you know, they bend, they didn't break, offense did enough, and man, move on to the next one. Some next-gen stats for you. Matthew Stafford completed 10 of 11 passes on play action for 168 yards in the Rams' 2012 victory over the Cardinals. Stafford's 46.2% play action rate was his highest in a game over the last seven seasons. So maybe they continue doing a little play. It was action. nice let, seeing them get a little bit of running game in there. I've been I've been saying it for a long time. If they get the run game and let Stafford throw off of that, man, they'll be a lot better. Well, let's move on to the Battle of the Bays in Tampa Bay. Brady loses to Aaron Rodgers 14-12. Always love to see a good Tom Brady loss. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of tablets probably broken. <laughs> a lot of tablets being smashed on that sideline today. Um, yeah, o- only the second time losing to Aaron Rodgers. Second time. That's uh, I didn't know that. That's. Uh, I think they've only faced like three or four times, though. Because they were in the different the leagues right. for a while, um, you know Brady got the better of him in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers I think has beat him twice in the regular season so far. But you know when they faced in the playoffs, Brady beat him in Green Bay. <laughs> but yeah, it was one of those games where uh, we we kind of predicted on on the show uh, where, or at least I was hoping for this prediction that it was going to be one of those classic down to the wire. One of these quarterbacks has the ball in their hand with like the game on the line, two minutes and whatnot. And that's what we saw Brady do. He went down, got the touchdown, and uh, all he needed was the two-point conversion to tie it up and send it to overtime and tip ball. And uh, Green Bay comes out with the win. So guys, this game matchup. this game sucked. This game, I watched <laughs> this game. This thing was boring. Tampa Bay was putting up field goals to try to stay in the game. You know, Green Bay came out hot. They scored. They had a first uh, half that was pretty good, you know, touchdown each quarter, and then kind of got shut down after that. Um, and they obviously, the, the refs kind of let it go into the, the final touching moments of the game where Brady drives down the field and then um, gets all the way down to what is it, the, the three-yard line and um, obviously had a delay of game there, but they didn't call it because there's a there's a buffering time there, and which – I don't. That's what the uh, analyst was telling us on on the on the air. But 
Anyway, they let him, you know, proceed. Plays, you know, t- throws a touchdown, ties game up, or excuse me, is is down two, then has to go for two, and then the very next play, uh, ironically enough, is he's well beyond the delay of game. The 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 the, the, the scoreboard's at zeros, <laughs> and and he finally hikes the ball, and they obviously there's there's really no decision for the refs. There's no buffering time there. They have to call the delay of game. So they push him back um, the five yards, which is pretty <laughs> ironic because it literally happened the, the play before. But no one said any, no one wanted to say anything. And then um, that's obviously what Chris was talking about, the throw down, tipped ball, and uh, obviously end of the game. Um, this was a boring game. This game sucked. Um, it was supposed to be hyped. <laughs> Obviously, these are two veterans that should have been, you know, throwing the ball, live arms all the way around. It just seemed like wet dogs out there. It just seemed like boring. And, you know, Tampa Bay was just trying to, you know, stay in the game. And then the fourth quarter help from a couple of the refs, which we've seen so many times before with Tom Brady. Um, kind of the same old, same old. Nothing well, I think special. it's a testament too of uh, uh, of of Green Bay and Tampa Bay right now. I'm I'm not really impressed with with the Buccaneers nor the Packers at this moment. Um, so uh, seemingly on brand for for this season, this new era of uh, of 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 football. Um, I don't know. Are, are go? I think what the, about that question? Are like, they overrated? Are these teams overrated? Well, I think the only kind of excuse you can give so far. It is one being early in the season. Two, the Packers have a bunch of like really young receivers yeah. that he, they haven't really built that rapport with with Rodgers too much yet. Injuries, uh, yeah, especially injuries, uh, particularly on Tampa's side. Um, you know, he had Godwin out. Evans was out with the suspension. Um, I don't even know if Julio Jones played. I know he's been injured as well. So I mean, those are are. Those are their bread and butter guys. Without them, they're not going to look the same. So it, was, it turned into a defensive battle, uh, which is funny because, like Kevin was saying, I was was expecting all oh, these two, you know, amazing quarterbacks to be out there throwing the ball around. But it just shows you that if you got, if you don't have the weapons and you you get going against good defenses, even these amazing quarterbacks can't really do all that much. So if if you don't have the weapons. There's only so much you can do. So Tua's got weapons. He looks amazing. Hertz has weapons. He looks amazing. But if you swap those roles, if you put Brady or Rodgers on those teams with those weapons, they're going to look even more amazing. I and agree. Hertz and Tua won't look as good. So uh, injuries early in the season. It's yeah. It was like Kevin said. It was just kind of a bum game. It was entertaining at the end because it came down to the wire. But not too much you can really take away from this game. I agree, Chris. Uh, Julio Jones just, is going to be out. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just saying it's just it's just a, a game for the record as far as your seeding in the future. That's all that really matters. But if they faced again and teams are healthy, you know, you would think that Tampa would be the better team. I so, agree. Okay. Last question before we go. Sorry, Kevin, we're we're running late on time. Uh, last question: uh, Devonte Adams, five receptions, thirty six yards today for the Vegas Raiders. Is he missing him some Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> what do you Absolutely. think? Do you think he wishes he was back in Green Bay? That, that again, the, the the Vegas Raiders are uh, I don't, overhyped. I don't think he wishes that because he's you know he got the money laughing all the way to the bank and he's in Vegas. Um, uh, no, I, I don't think he's – he feels bad that they're 0-3, but, you know, how bad does he really feel when he just goes home to bed and a 
mattress full of money. <laughs> well, you uh, like to you like to at least uh, have the illusion that they care a little bit more than just yeah, money. I think he would. I would. I think he would like to see, and I'm sure any Raider fan would like to see them target him a little bit more. Uh, what happened to this? this amazing chemistry that him and Carr had from college. Like yeah, it looked Fresno like they had State, it in, right? in game one a little bit, but since then it's not really been there. So yeah, I'm sure he's disappointed. He's not being used more and that they're zero three, but would he still rather be in, in green Bay? I, I don't know. I, I, I think not. Kevin, your Kansas city chiefs. They're going to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week. What happens? Yeah. Do they bounce back? Yeah, yeah, good question. I was just, that's what I was trying to lead up to is only time is going to tell with these prestigious franchises like Tampa Bay, like Green Bay. You know, Green Bay's got a tough one uh, going next week against the Patriots. It's going to be in Green Bay. But again, like you're saying, Tampa Bay um, is going to take on the Chiefs at home next week. So we'll see. Time will tell. Um, Week four should uh, show us a lot more. Obviously, the camp competition will get a little tough. And uh, we'll see what these teams, what they're made of. Well, wiser words have not been spoken. Thank you for that, Kevin. And thank you for listening to Sideline the Agenda. Yes, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. It really helps out. Tell your friends about the show because, you know, we're doing some good stuff here and they got to hear it too. My name is Scott. That's Kevin. That's Chris. And this is Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game.